You're listening to the OHL in 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. And it's a pretty big show uh, this week yeah, following another literally. weekend in the Ontario Hockey League. And the reason I say that is because I think we've got some pretty fun segments um, this week. And it's some also pretty good news um, statistically. And I'm not talking yeah, about around the OHL. Um, yeah, StatCast powered by, was it Google AI? I think it Google is. Is it Google Plus? No, not Google Play. <laughs> <laughs> inside joke. If everyone's wondering why we're laughing, that's an inside joke. Um, but powered by AI, powered by Google AI, yeah, whatever I think it's AI. Google AI. Or yeah. yeah. AI.com.ca. Um, Bingo, like bango, whatever. Yeah, there you go. Detroit <laughs> well, Red there Lakes, you go. Five in a row. Um, <laughs> hey, yeah, it what up? Yes, absolutely. Hard to believe it's been, what, seven years? Seven, eight years since he's been in the Ontario Hockey League? That's wild. Eh? That's How nuts. fast that goes? Yeah, that's, that's, uh, when I saw that, that was crazy. I mean, he's been, on, this is his third team. That's yeah. wild. Eh? Three teams in seven years. So, yeah, let's, interesting. Let's pull it up. Erie Otters, 2015-16 season. Or, sorry, 16-17 season was his final year in the Ontario Hockey League. That, of course, included a run to the Memorial Cup, where they fell to the Windsor Spitfires in the final at the at the WFCU Center. That was One... a stick incident. Post-game in the finals against Windsor. When Erie went down, remember the Timpano yeah. stick there? Yeah, that was wild. Yeah. I always find that hilarious. Hate to, Not hate hilarious, to bring that up, but, but it was yeah, it was odd. To it's probably one of the least. Mo- it's probably one of the most memorable things about the game itself. To be honest, I mean the yeah. game. It was a good game, but if you're talking to the average OHL fan or someone who doesn't cheer for either of the teams, I mean they all remember that. So yeah, and interesting. But 127 points in 2016. Oh, that line was and nasty. 30, Radish and Stroh. 38 more in the playoffs. Like yeah, oh my! Well, he God. was. He's always been the finisher. He's all. He was always the finisher. I mean, Strom yeah. was a playmaker. Radish a playmaker. That line, that line was incredible in that run they had the Mem Cup. And it's almost one of those things that you think about Saginaw. To be honest, nowadays, yeah, where you think Saginaw. Where you think Saginaw might be better next year, Misa in his draft year or post Misa. To be honest, when you can get those guys to come, I mean, that's why it's so big to build this team this year. Also thinking about next year in mind as well, where I think next year they're a better team. Um, I don't know what the average fan thinks in the league, but at least in my opinion, I mean, I don't like I said. I'll, I've always been vocal about Saginaw this year. But I think mm-hmm. next year is actually their year to uh, compete. So it's interesting them hosting the Mem Cup this year. But next year, I think it's their year. Yeah. But uh, those teams are eerie similar, to be honest. When you look at Misa, um, the run he can go on, but it's nothing to it's nothing like honestly the, the best player we've saw in the Ontario Hockey League in a long time in uh, Connor McDavid. Uh, remember McDavid yeah. came in at remember McDavid came in at fifteen. It was like a rock star. I mean, it all. Honestly, that's what I kind of compared Connor Bedard to last year in the dub. But, like, I remember when Erie would go to, like, Oshawa and tickets were, like, $80 a ticket to see uh, Erie and Oshawa play. And it wasn't that wasn't the finals either. Um, That's just a regular season game. I remember Barry was charging ridiculous prices to see McDavid. I remember London on the secondhand sites. Um, 
charging crazy prices to see McDavid. That's why I know what I thought about Connor Bedard last year going through. I mean, remember going to remember when Regina went to Calgary last year and they put that they game sold on out TSN. the saddle dome. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, like just it's amazing when these generational talents come through. It's just cool to see um from a stamp from a business side of things, like how good these teams profit off the off the player's name. It's almost like I mean it's not to the standard of NCAA football, but it almost feels like a mini NCAA football with the profit some of these teams bring on. Like Erie, Erie was close to moving to Brantford at the time. I mean, that I mean, yeah. that was there. You imagine Connor McDavid and Brantford? That'd be crazy. Gretzky from there. Um David middle, playing of Ontario, junior, middle of Ontario. Like, yeah. Yeah. Hour and a hour and a half from Toronto. Um could you imagine would, the unfortunate part of only having three thousand fans to see McDavid? You imagine the ticket pricing? Games? Like ticket yeah. pricing would be ridiculous. Ticket pricing would be ridiculous. But you're—I mean—that actually helped you in a way. And it's almost like in Saginaw, they're a thriving community. Saginaw, the Memorial Cup is going to be spectacular. It's going to be one of the best. I mean, always—that's the thing. I mean, the product off the ice in Memorial Cup Reese, is like—it's always good. Whoever yeah. hosts the Mem Cup, whoever hosts the Memorial Cup, it's the product. Like the business side of things is always great. There's never a complaint. Complain about the Memorial Cup. It would actually would be interesting to hear some thoughts of from media who have been around the Memorial Cups to hear a negative about Memorial Cup because you hear a lot of positives, but I can't really remember a time in my lifetime where the Memorial Cup really hasn't been great off the ice for the host team. Um, the cities are, and venues are always incredible. Saginaw, I mean, being by Frank and Muth, they're gonna real, yeah. they're gonna utilize that tremendously. I, remember, I watched the game Sunday night between them and London in Saginaw, and Saginaw, you see the pro, you see the commercials already about get your tickets, get your uh, hotels. That's that's incredible to see that already. I mean, you're three, you're a month into the season, and you already see the advertisements for the Memorial Cup. I think that's kind of mm-hmm. neat to see all that stuff. Um, going down, but it's definitely a cool sight. I know we're way off topic going from stats to Erie to Saginaw, but no, I just it's... like to I just like to compare Erie, like with McDavid. There is kind of the filler. McDavid, McDavid, honestly gets no credit, but the year after, I mean, the develop between that team, um, it really. Honestly, he was just too good to play in the league, and he would never come back. Obviously, once he was drafted, he was going. Yeah, no um, one of the best players in a long time. But you imagine, like Dylan Larkin was almost on that team the year before with McDavid. I was that just team- gonna, yeah, to tie it all back into the Brinkett and the Red Wings. Larkin was yeah. an eerie, eerie property. Like you yeah. imagine him on that team. Like, so you imagine you go. That's the str- fastest one of the fastest teams in OHL history, skating wise. Like, yeah, it would yeah, most definitely. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, you look at that team. You look at that team. If you throw Larkin in the mix, you go Radish, Strom, McDavid, DeBrinket, Larkin. Then you go out and get Sorelli and Fogle. That was a year after McDavid. I mean, that was that trade deadline was incredible. Um, yeah. I don't think Darren Radish on the blue line. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, man, that was an incredible. Uh, that Devin was incredible Williams, time, the yeah. goaltender, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good team. Um, but Definitely yeah, not Connor Crispin net. <laughs> yeah, Gary Otter, goal, goaltending goal. legend. <laughs> yeah, um, Niagara. That was at Niagara, right? At the it old, was at uh, the Jack. Jack. Yeah, yeah at the which, Jack. Which is that the last year at the Jack? The, I don't believe so. I'd have to check. 
the Jack has a lot of memories. And speaking of memories, we were in Owen Sound this week. What a barn. I love Owen Sound. Um, Owen Sound's incredible. Uh, when you walk into Owen Sound, it's so cool to get that sniff of like, you know, like, hey, you smell like the Zamboni, like gas or whatever it is. Like when you go into these barns and like, you, like it just smells iconic. That has the smell. And also they have the best fries in the league, Bayshore. Big uh, time. Unanimous, unanimous decision. Yeah, unanimous yeah. decision. Um, for those who go to Costco, it's almost identical to the fries at Costco. Perfect amount of crisp. And I think Costco, I mean, you're not going to find better uh, fries than at Costco, in my opinion. No, I hate the fries at Costco. I think really, awful. yeah, I think wow. they're terrible. I d- I disagree with you on that one. Um, um, so the final final year that hockey was played at the Jack was in 2014 for OHL. Um, was 2014. And that was 13. Played or twelfth, I believe so. So Connor, the year before, Connor Crisp, goalie. <laughs> I like that's the first thing that pops up. <laughs> yeah, I remember when he made the save. Remember when he made the save, the one big save there. Like when he came in, he made a and he, the first shot. He stopped, and then yeah. like the crowd just went nuts. So, and, <laughs> that was awesome. So it, it was March fourth, twenty twelve. Connor Crisp played net for the Erie Otters. Wow! So the second last year. Yeah. Probably one of the last one of the last games of the year. Probably second last game of the year. Second or third last game pretty of the close. year on the schedule. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, um, but but yeah, let's uh let's get to the big news that we really wanted to share here before uh before we go any further. Um, the numbers are in. I guess that's the best way to put it. Um, and it's funny because of the notification, we almost got at the same time pretty well. Um, from different platforms. Um, so I'll start yeah. with mine. So in the past week, and this is just this is a personal shout out to us and, of course, to all the listeners who have been um, very loyal to us over the last few years since we started this. And it's just grown um, exponentially over the well, since 2019, December of 2019. Um, This past week alone, we had 5000 listens just on SoundCloud um yeah so just like to give a shout out to all the fans who are tuning in of course we're on many more platforms other than soundcloud spotify apple google um you name it we're there um but just on soundcloud i got a notification we had five thousand listens last week so just give the shout out to everyone um and to add on to that colin's number was bigger than the one i got but um colin ward what notification did you receive earlier well then it was kind of funny it was kind of funny because reese when you sent me the text about the soundcloud clicks i was like heck i got an email from linktree and linktree you know like on twitter it's not the greatest but um with the banning and stuff but it's great anymore yeah very true but um it's kind of funny because like i was looking at my email and i got this email from linktree and i was like okay whatever like i'll look at it later and then Reese sends me a text and then like, okay, I might look at this email because it says we were promoted to platinum. And I was like, okay, like, what is that? Right. So mm-hmm. I, uh, so then I check it and I see that we had 10,000 uh, clicks slash views this week on Linktree. So that's pretty cool. So probably about 11,000, 11, yep. 12, maybe um, this week total. So that's incredible. Uh, thanks to everybody that listens to us. Um, Talk with the OHL. We appreciate it. And everyone that listens, if you want, just comment on the comment on the um, shows. DM us uh, anytime you want to talk on here. 
let us know because we're always open to chat about your favorite team. Let us know who they are, and we'd gladly chat about them. And, uh, yeah, just really appreciative of it. Uh, that's incredible. I mean, we've had a lot of guys from right away when we started at 1150 in Hamilton. That was kind of cool. Um, going to the Bulldogs Audio Network, getting a couple there. And, uh, yeah, just continuing to build. Uh, it's kind of it's really cool. You know, it's a fun uh, record on Monday nights for a long time. I mean, remember in, during COVID we had to switch because – we were doing some Sundays because there's no oh, hockey yeah. on. We were doing Monday, mo- but majority of the time, Monday night has always been our night to record. Tuesday night's always been the release night. It's always special on Tuesdays. So I think, all right, let's get it out there soon. Um, we posting it yet? We post it, but uh, all the time, seven o'clock on a Tuesday. But uh, definitely very appreciative of it. And um, let us know who your team is, and we'd gladly talk about them as well. Or any uh, players you think would be great on the show to interview, let us know. And we would uh, gladly reach out to the team and uh, get interview set up of your favorite player. So let us know. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, and, and like I said, it's a pretty big show. That was, that's some pretty big news we wanted to share. Um, but also the discussions this week, I think are going to be pretty good. And this first, uh, <laughs> especially the one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is it this um, one? Yeah. First one we're going to get right after it, Wardy. Um, and I'll give a shout out to, uh, to the guy who gave me this idea. Cause it seems so obvious to do, but it's just something I never even had clued into or thought of, but it makes so much sense. Um, so I'd like to give a shout out to the, um, the voice of the Niagara ice dogs, Ted Lehman on Niagara's new country, 89.1. Um, if you have a chance to uh, tune into Ted uh, for ice dogs games, cause uh, he, he's one of the best around the Ontario hockey league. So make sure you, Make sure you check out those Ice Dogs broadcasts. And one thing, if you're in the Niagara region listening or even, um, you know, within half an hour or so, um, say you're a kid and you want to experience what it's like to be a part of a broadcast. One cool thing they do is a junior announcer during the second period of all yeah, their that's home games. Cool. So you can enter that contest. I think all the details are on the website, country89.com. Um, or Niagara's new country, 89.1. I don't see a difference, but um, yeah, you can go check that out because I think that's a pretty cool, pretty cool thing to Absolutely do. Is. Um, if, if yeah, Ted does a great job over there, you. yeah, so yeah, that's it's cool. uh, it's good. It's um, yeah, and and this segment, I didn't even think of it, but uh, it was a round table segment that uh, Ted, myself, and uh, Chad Nelson, who does uh, who does color commentary with Ted. Um, for, for most of the games, I would say probably about 90% of the home games and some of the road games. Um, but we did this segment, uh, the three of us is kind of a little bit of a round table, um, about what you would do if you were the OHL commissioner. And of course that link is up. If you would like to apply and be the OHL <laughs> commissioner in the future, I already sent it off with the, I already sent the resume off at a boy. Love it. A lot to um, do with, uh, Dave Branch. Got a lot of cleaning up to do. <laughs> okay. So let, you can go first, Morty. What's, uh, what's, what's the first thing you would do or what's the biggest change you would make as OHL <laughs> commissioner? So there's about 10 million different ways you could go here, but I think I'm only going to go three of the big ones or three or four of the big ones. Um, explain suspensions. One, I love how we got started with the, uh, with the tweeting it out and stuff like posting about suspensions, but what are they for? What's the timing? When you look at the NHL's player safety, you want the post, video, eh? Like I the NHL. The, yeah, even yeah. if it's not the video, I want the audio. I want the audio explaining what it is at 1303 in the second period. 
so-and-so from so-and-so, slew-footed so-and-so from so-and-so. Therefore, we have assessed a two-game suspension. Boom. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. That's all I'm looking for. That would be incredible. All this is an audio clip. That's all it is. It's a 30-second audio clip that you can play on Twitter, Instagram, that you don't even youtube right like just put the link up there boom there's the explanation it helps everybody out that's my one uh big one division and travel massive whoever designs the schedule we know um what are we doing which i've i've realigned my divisions and i'm gonna share them in a second yeah i've already realigned mine i'm ready to go with that same here i mean they're i mean you gotta move owen sound and uh sue st marie to the east and then uh, you got to bring Niagara and Brantford over to the West. I mean, Erie goes through Niagara to go to majority of their games. Um, it makes no sense to me. But, uh, yeah, that for sure. Schedule, division, slash travel needs to be a big one. I mean, you had Brantford and Oshawa on Friday and Owen Sound on Saturday. That's a horrible idea for travel. Um Especially those seven thirty-five starts in Oshawa. I mean, that's such an advantage if you're a Generals fan and player with anything to do with the Generals. That's such an advantage. Seven thirty-five, mm-hmm. getting there for seven thirty. Um, that's an advantage for sure. And then my other one was about the no goals and goal calls. Another one, like in penalties as well. Explanations about a crucial goal. This goal was offside due to this. We like, need more accountability mean, you, from that. You mean in house? You have the mic and they explain it over the PA. Yes. But also like the suspensions, like I mentioned about the suspensions, you have a quote, you have an audio clip, 20, 30 seconds explaining what it is. The puck didn't cross. There was no conclusive evidence, blah, blah, blah. that The puck did not cross the line at 1508 in the third period. Something like that. Perfect. I want to know that. I want to know why. My last point is CHL live, the TV. Why can't we pick the broadcast? Yeah, big why time. can't we pick the yeah. broadcast? Yeah, I'm not no bias here at all. Um, recently I've been with the Bulldogs. Heck, if if we're playing like North Bay on Friday night, well, that's a tough one with North Bay, North Bay with the radio. But <laughs> let's say we're playing a team. Let's say we're playing a team, and they're in town. They want to watch their broadcast. The worst part about being a Red Wings fan is when now with all the streaming stuff and yet now with the NHL, you can't pick the broadcast. So you got to watch it on Sportsnet now yeah. and uh, having to listen to the Sportsnet, like the Leafs broadcast or the Ottawa Senators broadcast with the Red Wings playing. You want to hear your home team. You want to hear your team. You want to hear your team's Penn broadcast. Daniels and Mickey Redmond and Bally Sports Absolutely. Detroit was voted number one broadcast in the NHL and they don't give us an option well, for that. That's that's well in general. That's... Well, in general, for every fan base, I mean, you, and that's why I wish that there was a way you could get the broadcast up for the visiting team as well. Yeah. Have two options to broadcast. The option is there. Just show it when you go on your laptop and go on CHL TV and you watch a game. It is away audio, but it's not synced. So yeah. <laughs> that would be that would be great to have. I think that's a massive need in this league. Um, I think for the views, I think that's a lot easier to view a game. I mean, there's a lot of, um, and it's not that there's just a lot of radio guys that you really don't hear play by play, but they're great. They're great, but they don't have the opportunity at home. They don't have the opportunity on the road. Let them have the road games. I get at home, not having the home radio on the TV because you have the home TV, but have 
if have home TV and road radio as two options, that would be the other thing I would change. Yeah, I think, yeah, because because you think of certain guys around the league, will, you know, mention Ted, of course, um, you know, if we could have him, um, you know, on Niagara games, that'd be, um, you know, both both home yeah. and away. Um, you think of Jimmy Gilchrist up in Kingston, like I would love to hear him call a game with the Mike audio Stubbs. or with the video synced up. Mike Stubbs in London. The Mike Bell- Stubbs already the- basically does it with the phone. That's very it's true. A, yeah. It's a it's legendary. Um, That's legendary. The, like the Beller in Windsor. Um, you yeah, know, him and Manny. Yeah, him, Manny Pava, who's a friend of the show. Like you get those two on, you can sync them up to the video. Um, you know, I'm just trying to think of. of other guys around the Ontario hockey league that are just um, have been Farwell. doing it for a while and doing a great job. Yeah. Mike Farwell, Lee Cunningham saw him uh, in Niagara yeah. this past, uh, this past Friday. Um, he's been one that I've enjoyed the call of like, it's just it's so many guys. And of course for us, we, we'd love to have Reed Duffy for all, all 68. I mean, yeah, I do that anyways. I try to sync it up as much as possible with the yeah, go... network and video. Yeah. Um, it's That's a challenge sometimes, but I, I still do it anyways. Um, but if we could just have, yeah, I agree. We have that option in CHL TV to just do it automatically. You don't oh, have to try it? and Two... find a radio station website. It's just there. Yeah. Well, what's so. the price? Like 250 bucks or whatever for the CHL TV, like for the big package for uh, all three something leagues like that. I think so. Something like, like I mean, for the price, for the price you pay, you got to offer that courtesy option for sure. Yeah. Give a That's shout out to, uh, to Dante DeCaria, who we met uh, through the IBL. He's yeah. calling Regina Pats games. So uh, shout out to him. He's a, he, he's a good listen um, as well. So, yeah, I think that's good, Wardy. Um, you know, my divisions, they kind of look like this. Um, in the West Division, you go Windsor, Sarnia, Saginaw, Flint, and you throw London in the West Division. Absolutely. In the Midwest, you go Kitchener, Guelph, Brantford, I still have Owen Sound and Erie in that division, but those are those five. Where's Niagara? So the central division stays mostly the same. You go Niagara, Mississauga, North Bay, Barrie, and Oshawa. Now, I know that might not make sense geographically because Peterborough's kind of right there, which you could... There, there's obviously I don't think options. Can... Um, but like I have an either an east-slash-north division depending on what the heck you want to call it. Um, I think you got to have Oshawa and Otto, or Oshawa and Peterborough in the same division. Well, we got to create rivalries. This isn't final, but like that East-North yeah. division sees Ottawa, Kingston, Peterborough, Sudbury, Sioux. Yeah. I know that's a lot of travel, but I think that makes the most sense. And again, you could call it East-North, Northeast, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, whatever, whatever you want, but I think... Compass. Compass division, pretty much. Yeah, man. Honestly, uh, GPS division. Uh, <laughs> but but like, yeah, something's got to change there. I mean, and that was my argument: is you can't do this for another three ish years because you got to no, figure out what Brantford and Hamilton are doing. You got to figure that out. Well, um, I think it's pretty easy. What what's going on? I think it's pretty. Yeah, there's no have return. A pretty good idea what's going to happen yeah. because there's of no the return way game. The city of Hamilton operates. Shout out to them for being. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think you officially wait till something's announced there. Um, but then, yeah, you you got to go right after it and switch these divisions up. Um, yes, yeah. it's, it, it's got to happen. I think it's something we've been looking forward to since Belleville left. Um, 
And then, yeah, we, yeah, that night, that Niagara Erie thing's tough because they're not anything. They're just out there. They're not central. They're not really west. They kind of are. Um, yeah. They're not east. They're south. But you can't really have a south division. There really isn't an like, NHL. That's the tough. oldest. Um, and that's one thing Chad Nelson brought into things is if as a commissioner, one thing he brought up was expansion. Um, and he had mentioned the possibility of going to Buffalo as an expansion franchise. Now, they might be tough to compete with a with an NHL market. Yeah. Do they have the uh, capability to have another arena? Because you're not going to put them in an NHL hey. building. Uh, it's not. I guess it's you could, like, but and it's not like Buffalo's a college town because yeah. I mean, man, Saginaw and Flint. Yeah, but Saginaw and but, Flint. I mean, Michigan, Michigan State. I mean, Saginaw and Flint still do great. I mean, Saginaw yeah. hosting the Mem Cup. Yeah, so it's it's you know the expansion Chatham, of course, has been thrown around for a number of Chatham years. Chatham made the Chatham Wall, like Cornwall. That'd be a long trip, man. That would be a long well, that, trip. That's there's the only an easy thing. division: Kingston, Ottawa, Cornwall. <laughs> yeah, so Peterborough, Oshawa. With Peterborough, Oshawa. You just have to stay in eastern Ontario, and then maybe you yeah. go up north with Sioux, Sudbury, North Bay, Barry, Owen Sound. And Niagara comes over. Niagara comes over. Yeah, I like that. I'd like that one. Yeah. I can see Chat. I mean, wonder wonder what happened with Chatham. I got I got to do more research into that because Chatham. Remember, they were talking about the new arena. They had a blueprint mm-hmm. and everything, and then it just went quiet. Yeah. So usually that's a usually that's not a good thing when it just goes quiet. But yeah. that I would think, be an interesting one as well. I, and also, yeah, I think dear, just I'm just gonna make one last point here, Wardy. Um, I think you also have to look at the arena situation in Mississauga because they're on one year. That's deals I just right about now, to mention. If I'm not mistaken, right? They're on one yeah. year deals. They're bridge deals, yeah. You could say, like, so oh, yeah. how long are the steelheads gonna be there? Fans still aren't there. I like what Mike Farwell tweeted out. You had mentioned that, Wally. I, I didn't even see yeah. it until you mentioned about Farwell saying that well, it's this absolutely has to right. Be, this has to be more than a Leafs town, which it never will be. I liked his point because he's right, but it's never gonna absolutely be more than right. a Leafs town. It's not a hockey city, it's a Leaf city, and even the province you mm-hmm. could consider it's an NHL province, not hockey in general. Although some arguments could be made for Brantford attendance, London, Kitchener, but but let's face facts, it's the it's the wow. NHL in the anywhere in the GTA, it's the NHL, um, and nothing's going to ever change. That's why Brampton didn't make it. Um, they went Oshawa. back to North Bay, which was Oshawa's just iconic. Right? Yeah, Oshawa's just that franchise. You have to you have to keep it there. Now, who knows? They yeah. might have a different arena depending on some rumors yeah, that are floating around in a few. Uh, yeah, the- Last few years, so it's yeah. The Pickering project looks interesting. The Ajax yeah. Pickering uh, project. Um, read that in a couple of papers. The Durham there as well. generals and uh, Durham region generals. Now that sounds kind of dumb. Um, yeah, I don't like that. Keep it to <laughs> Oshawa, but uh, me just thinking out loud. But um, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot to think about when when be, when you're becoming the commissioner. I think there might like the way the league a lot of work to do the. Yeah, the way technology is going, you look at the American teams that are already doing it. The Bulldogs are doing it. You have your radio guy be the radio and TV guy, and you've got it strictly live streaming. The you streaming can too. see it wherever you go. Um, and and you, you have one voice of the team. Um, now, of course, NHL, you have two. You always have that iconic radio voice, that nice television voice um, for so many years. I mean, Buffalo's done it for years where it's just been – been one guy, Rick Jenneret. Um, yeah, 
so I can and I see the I see us getting there eventually. Um, now whether that's well, five years, ten years down the road, I think it will happen. But that'd be something. I think that's a ten-year project. That'd be something on my agenda at least start to to do in your first season. It might be tough. There might be things that are bigger priorities, which I'm yeah. sure I could think of a few. But um, it it's something that you consider. Like the coverage could be could be so much better. You're thinking about the guys that cover them for all 68. They're there at home. They're there on the road. You know, and that's the one thing about yeah. the radio guys. You get all the stories because they're on the bus. They're traveling with the team and the hotels, the restaurants. Like, like you get those behind-the-scenes stories yeah. that you could tell on the intermissions and pre- and post-games. Like, so TV's I think, never really around. Yeah. Yeah. I would – yeah, that's accurate. Like, TV like TV for a lot of the markets, uh, like, I know. I mean, TV's not really around the team. I mean, they don't travel. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's it's – it's tough. It's an interesting debate. Um, and that kind of rolls into having the choice for audio. Um, I'd love on, it on, on CHL TV, but yeah, I think, I think it's a good conversation to have. And I mean, I, we're in, I don't think I'm in any position to be the commissioner of the OHL, but um, it's just certain things that you think of that might work and might be something to, to change. Um, yeah. You know, something that had come up is the OA situation. Do you still have OAs? Um, is that something that you keep around the league or do you just, you know, continue to develop the rookies and young guys allowing more rookie slots in the Ontario hockey league? Um, you know, and (laughs) it's come a long way from OAs. I, you know, it's complete 360 of what it was during COVID when they said, let the OAs run it back another year. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The ones that lost their season, let them come back. Yeah. Yeah. Extra age. Yeah. Um, So it's, that'd be a good debate. That would be a really good debate seeing, um, the ones who wanted the OAs to come back and then to see this getting rid of the OA. Mm-hmm. That'd be interesting to see what would happen. I mean, any listeners that are listening to this that want to get involved, let us know. Message us at the OHL and 60 podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, let us know uh, what you would do as a commissioner in the Ontario Hockey League and let us know about the yeah. OA rule as well, what you think, because that's an interesting debate there as well. Yeah, because there's the argument, well, you could get a contract from your OA season like we saw Sahil Panwar. Um, the season he yeah. Had oh, was, yeah. was unreal. Um, you know, but also the the argument of certain OH or OAs may not have a season where you expect an OA to have. That's why you took them as a one of your OAs in the three spots that were available, and they just have that extra year and then just head off to school and 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 get the education. Right? There's there's arguments for both sides, but um, I think that'd be something to to look at and and potentially hundred percent discuss and i think that'd be a good debate maybe that's a summer topic Wardy. we'll get to that in the off season that'd be a good summer debate i think always always in divisions yeah always divisions um, yeah we'll have to make that yeah, an there's a bunch of things show. yeah be good absolutely um, also i just want to i just want to quickly chime in on the mississauga um incident from saturday i mean they have a heck of a hockey team there they have the best team in the interior hockey league right now probably i mean it goes back to our debate last week yeah, London will spend time out of first place, by the way, yeah. in the Midwest. Um, London will spend time out of there. But uh, Mississauga is a team, and like they're established. They're quick on the forecheck. They got great goaltending on both sides. Um, great defense. I mean, they're a d- deep, deep, deep team. I mean, they're good. And uh, the fact that they're the most winningest team right now and probably this year gonna be for sure going to be the most winningest team in Toronto area. Um 
support the team. Just support the team. I mean, I know there's a lot of complaints about the uh, service fees. I know the Bulldogs, Mick Landlauer and staff, um, Ticketmaster, right? Ticketmaster, the Mississauga Steelheads, I will, I get because of the venue probably because Paramount having the 905 team, they go through Ticketmaster and it's not their own ticket sites for the Steelheads. And I would imagine that's probably why because of the venue with the um, Paramounts. But having to go through Ticketmaster, but the Ticketmaster service fees are a little bit ridiculous. Um, you're charging eighteen dollars service fee in uh, Mississauga to go to a hockey game. That's that's crazy. Um, that's uh, not acceptable. And I know going back to Mister Michael Anlauer and staff here in uh, their time in Hamilton, I know that they took the service fees down. Uh, I know the Bulldogs would pay for that majority of the service fees, so the service fees would only be like four dollars. In brand, in uh, Hamilton, so don't don't quote me on that, but I believe it's only like four or five dollars um, service fees, which is great. But Ticketmaster, you're looking at like sixteen something, which is ridiculous um, to go to a junior hockey game. So you end up going from fifty dollars for two tickets to paying sixty sixty five dollars a ticket for uh, two tickets. So that's a that's a problem there as well, where I think that is a little bit of a uh, turnoff for fans, but. I really, I really hope that they get that figured out because that's probably the only thing that I could think that kind of saved them in Mississauga, to be honest. Um, and it's funny to hear about, well, either they go to Brantford or if Brantford goes back to Hamilton, Mississauga will go to Brantford, which, yeah, makes sense. But the thing is, the thing is with that, like Mississauga, it's a zero chance to go to Hamilton. I mean, that venue would like, it would be worse, yeah. but um. To see Branford, that would be an interesting one, but yeah, I think that's definitely the option too for the if you're an owner or if you're the new commissioner, that's definitely a topic of discussion as well. The attendance in Mississauga because everyone's talking about it, and it's not a thing that's went away. This has been years. This has been years in the making. Um, to talk about Mississauga's attendance, and I mean, it really hasn't changed since they went yep. since Mississauga's been there. Once Brampton left, I mean, the attention went right to Mississauga. Yeah. Yeah, and well, and one argument you could make, um, at, like between going to a Leaf game, going to a Steelheads game. I know. Shout out to the Steelheads early on, realizing that they got to stop competing with the Leafs on Saturdays. Um, yeah, having those four PM starts are a nice touch. So shout out to them because I know Ham- Hamilton was big on that as well. Um, but for 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 Leaf fans, you guys are in fantasy land. Like you mm-hmm. haven't been to a Stanley Cup final since you've won. Like Mississauga was, was there in 2017. They're in an OHL final in 2017. Now they lost oh, to the Erie Otters, but I think any opponent loses to the Erie Otters. But yeah. like the Mississauga Steelheads have been to a final. They've played into the playoffs longer than the Leafs have <laughs> more often. <laughs> like we're talking yeah. about all the first round exit <laughs> exits for the Leafs, but you keep going back. You keep spending 200 bucks a ticket to watch guys yeah, in but... go for free when you can go to Mississauga Steelheads game. Now, well, NHL, the thing. OHL competition. I, I get that, but look at all the guys go from the O to the NHL. You're the Le- one. Leaf fans are in fantasy land because they haven't been to a final since they've won. And like we're, we've made this argument numerous times on the show. Wardy, the Steelheads, my opinion, the OHL is more exciting. The NHL is boring, in my opinion. The NHL is boring. One thousand percent. It's 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 not as exciting as the OHL is. Now, bias for us agree. helps a little bit, but but I think just 
you get guys who are making millions of dollars like, yeah, yeah, I made it. All right, cool. I'm making all this money playing in the NHL, just cruising through 82 games where you've got guys in the OHL who are fighting to get there, who actually, you know, want to be um, at that next level in the National Hockey League, who are striving for something. And just it's bizarre that, like you said, the service fees don't help. Um, the arena's yeah, in a great ridiculous. spot. It's right off the highway. Like I don't, I don't know what else. Nothing you to want. do around the arena, though. That, Nothing to do around the arena. That's, that's the one thing. Yeah, you're right. But yeah, it is a good spot. Highway access. I mean, you can't ask for much better than that. But yeah, I just wish you know, I wish they could build a restaurant or like a sports bar right there. Yeah. But where are you gonna build it though? Yeah, right. Exactly. Like everything, everything around that arena, you got to drive to, or yeah. it's a five minute walk. It's not like a couple minute walk. It's a walk. You know, you got to walk a couple streets to go there. Um, that's the one thing about that arena there. It's kind of pain, but it's a great, it's a great arena. I love that arena. It's a great spot. Um, yeah, it's too bad. It's too bad. It can't get figured out because honestly, that'd be a great mem cup host this year. <laughs> that'd be a nice thing to revive it. I mean, they deserve They've done it, it already. Can... Yeah. Yeah, they have. Um, yeah, that'd be a good thing to revive it, but, uh, we'll see what happens there. But, um, yeah, most definitely that needs to – hopefully that improves, but who knows if it actually will. That's been the topic of discussion for a long time now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, a couple um, other thoughts on the weekend? Um, let's hit the break first. We're already at about 37 minutes here. We'll hit the break, um, and then we'll then we'll get into the headlines from this past week, another firing that we have to unfortunately yeah. speak about. Um, so we'll get to that. Uh, we'll talk about the player of the week, goaltender of the week, um, games that kind of caught our eye. And then, of course, uh, we're going to wrap everything up with uh, with our our personal power rankings because um, we have some thoughts on that, as we always do. And uh, we'll, of course, look ahead to this coming week and weekend. And that is all coming up next here on the OHL in 60 podcast. Welcome back to the OHL in 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. Time for the headlines from this past week. We'll start with the player um, and goaltender of the week here. So uh, we're going to go to North Bay for the Kojiko OHL player of the week. Anthony Romani, the, the player of the week in the Ontario Hockey League. Five goals and one assist. He was Cy Young. also plus seven. Yeah, Cy Young, yeah. <laughs> Cy Young award this week as well. <laughs> It went six and zero. Oh. I mean, wonder what his ERA was. ERA would be a uh, shooting percentage. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he'd be ERA. Man, he'd be out battling What's Verlander the... there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, he had a he had a phenomenal phenomenal week. Six points, five of those uh, being goals. Also in consideration for the award, uh, one of his teammates, Dalen Wakeley. Uh, seven points in two games, two goals, five assists. Uh, Mississauga Steel heads winger Porter Martone um, also had himself a, a good week, four goals, yeah, and he'll three get assists. Year. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll see him again up here. Um, and then Kitchener Rangers defenseman Hunter Brustevich. Um, again, he, he's going to be the top defenseman. I'm calling it. I called it at the beginning of the year. Um, one goal and six assists in three games. Uh, for the Kitchener yeah, yeah. Rangers, he's been he's been outstanding. Massive part about that team. He's a massive part for that Kitchener team. 
Um, he brings to the table. I mean, they got yeah, a he's whole big. heck of a lot of help back this week, thanks to Montreal. Philip yeah, they, yeah, they get better. Is coming back, which I'm sure that was one of the headlines we were going to get to, anyways. But uh, yeah, it's a big ad for the Rangers, and they're just they're good. They are good playing. Very you know what good I want to do right now? Maybe next week we'll do this if it continues. Let's get the top six. Let's pick the top six players, not top six forwards, not top six defense, whatever, in goalies. Let's pick up the top six players. So, like, each position, left, center, right, D, D, goalie? No, no, just top six. Or just in general? In general, top six players. This is something for the listeners to get involved with us as well. Top six players on Kitchener, we do. So, who we think the best six players are on Kitchener, the most game-changing. We do them. We do Owen Sound. Their top six, who we think they are, in London. Let's see who the best. Let's see who the best team is. Let's do a mini round robin. Best to throughout the week. Right. What do you think of that? We start yeah, next week. Good. We start next week on the show. Let's do that with right. them because I think that's a perfect one. Because now with Mashar coming back, right? Like mm-hmm. I take. I mean, I love. I loved Kitchener's size up front. That's the one thing that's really intriguing to me. Kitchener's so big and they're skilled up front, which is dangerous. But that's a great move by Montreal, by the way, to send them back. Yeah. Um, if you're not going to play a lot of minutes in the AHL, send them back to junior. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Um, he's going to play 20 minutes a night. Let him do that. Let him eat the minutes. What's wrong with that? Um, in front of 7,000, guaranteed. Great staff. Like, great staff there in Kitchener. Yeah, like, let him play. He's going to play yeah. in a tough division. I mean, yeah. that division. I mean, he know he already Man, knows that division it's like it's might a grind. be better than some in the AHL. Like just the yeah, competition. Like it's 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 going to be so good in the Midwest. Well, the Midwest, the Midwest division. Let's think about it. The Midwest division is probably like the Atlantic division in the National Hockey League. Yeah, yeah, that's. What do you think about it? I mean, maybe not. Early. Maybe maybe not like this year. Maybe it might be more like the Pacific when you run into Edmonton. You got Vegas. Like well, some of the teams been awful though. I know, but if you run into McDavid and Drysdale on the wrong night, it's a long night. Um, but when you see that, like when you see some of those like teams like that, I mean, that division, it's tough for the Midwest. I mean, in the road trips as well. I mean, you're in Erie, Owen Sound, like it's yeah. tough. And it's funny how everyone like always picks on Erie, but I mean, look at the division. It takes time to be good. And I mean, there's a reason why everybody hates London because they're good every year. Be honest. They want to beat them. That's why they hate them. Yep. But it's just an incredible – it's incredible to see them, Kitchener and Owen Sound, go right at it this year. Owen Sound having a tough weekend, but, yeah, that's big for Kitchener getting Mashar back. And now it's – will Kitchener drop first place in the division? Because yeah. there's no slow start this year for at the odd for the Rangers. Yeah, might as well stay in the Midwest division talking about the OHL goaltender of the week. Braden Gillespie from the, from the Guelph Storm taking home that honor. Uh, a yeah. couple of victories for him. Goals against average 1.50. Save percentage of 929. Also in consideration for this award, Charlie Shankle of the Sioux Greyhounds. He was one and one. Goals against average of 1.51. Save percentage of 945. And also in consideration for the first time in his OHL career from the Brantford Bulldogs, David Igorov um, won his only decision um, over the weekend. Goals against average of 0.70. Save percentage of 980. And I'm sure we'll see this throughout the next few years as he transitions to be the number one guy for the Bulldogs. 
Um, and we had talked to Jay McKee about it after the game in Owen Sound that there were thoughts to put him in back-to-back games, first against the Osh- uh, Oshawa Generals where he won, and then against the attack the next night. Bulldogs going with Drowback. Ended up winning anyway, so um, it worked yeah. out. But there were thoughts of it, and and I'm sure we'll see that uh, that down the road. And, of course, for all the all the Brantford Bulldogs coverage talk, make sure you listen to the Bulldogs Audio Network. Um, which, by the way, we're we're gonna we're gonna promote here quickly, Wardy. The uh, ticket giveaway is down to tw- well, actually, it was it would be done now. Already be drawn. Yeah, yeah so, already be drawn. So for anybody that listened to this show, check your DMs. Um, if you entered that contest to win a couple of tickets to Friday night's game against the North Bay Battalion at the Brantford Civic Center, make sure you check your DMs um, either on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Because you might have won if you uh, if you entered and guessed the correct player. So, um, yeah, make sure make sure you stay tuned. If if you haven't gotten a message yet, I would I would say look out for it. Wednesday evening at the latest is probably when that message would get sent out. So make sure make sure you uh, uh, check all of your DMs. Um, all right, let's uh, let, let's get to the uh, coaching change in Kingston here, Wardy. Um, unfortunately the second straight week that we have to have to talk about this Greg Walters being let go um, prior to last week's show and now it is Luca Caputi um, being relieved of his duties as head coach of the Kingston Frontenacs he led the team to a 72-67-5-3 record um, behind the bench they are currently seventh in the OHL's Eastern Conference this one makes a little bit more sense, Wardy, on the ice than Greg Walters did. Of course, there were the issues off the ice with uh, the way the lineup was handled. But uh, here it just felt like Kingston needed a change. Um, and, you know, it's always tough to do that on the ice. So they they did it behind the bench. Yeah, absolutely. It makes perfect sense. I mean, there was no pop right now in that lineup. Guys weren't playing to their potentials. And when you can see that happening for a long period of time, like this weekend, I mean, they got a big they got a massive win in Owen Sound. Um, yeah, but you can just see it. You can see it brewing on um, the last couple of weeks. You can see them not playing their potential. They have a decent roster there. And I mean, their roster, they're better on paper. Their roster is better than what the record stands. Um, so they got a lot of work to do in Kingston, but, um, yeah, you can see this move coming. There's no flash. There's no pop right now. That lineup, no umps. And, uh, they definitely just have to get a little bit better, but, uh, that, uh, that'll come, that'll come, but. It's definitely it's definitely tough. I mean, it's a tough move to make, right? When you're a team like Kingston, you put in for the Mem Cup, and you see this happen. That's the intro. That's that's a tough one. Yeah. Um, and you can see it happening for the last couple of years now. To be honest, I mean, I didn't think last year Kingston really played their potential. Kingston's always been that team, though, to me, Reese, where it's like, okay, this year they could be pretty good. It's like when they it took them so long to win a round, right? Yeah. Like. This is a year where it's like, okay, we're going to be pretty good this year. This is the year. And then, boom, they're just not good. That's just one of those situations there where they just didn't have no ump to their lineup and guys weren't playing to their true potentials. And that's what happens. And that's just the nature of the business. That's a business move. And it's going to happen. I mean, it's not the last move that's going to happen like that. And it's definitely not the first one. And, I mean, look at Caputi. He's going to find a job. He's a hockey guy. Um uh, popular guy in the hockey community. He'll he'll get an opportunity. So, um, yeah, best of luck. Yeah, the uh last time the Kingston Frontenacs really competed 
um, for an OHL championship 2018 when they fell to the eventual champion Hamilton Bulldogs in five games. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, you get to a point where, and the NHL is the same. I think it's a little bit easier to kind of hate, uh, not hate, but, um, look at an NHL team and be like, okay, guys, let's go. You're getting millions of dollars. What the heck's going on compared to OHLers who are just trying to get there. Um, but, but still the frustration level from the fan base, I'm sure has to be there for, for competing for that championship. Um, so yeah, I mean, a a change, I think it's the right move. Um, that something had to change and there was in the article, there wasn't anything announced, um, you know, in terms of his replacement or interim replacement, I'm sure watch it'll be out on Tuesday after I edit this show and get ready to post it. But, uh, um, yeah, it's, uh, Something's got to happen in Kingston. Um, like you said, a nice win in Owen Sound on the road, but um, the, the the consistency has to start uh, has to start coming around for the Frontenacs. And hundred um, percent, Corey Cooper decided to make make the change here. Um, I'll just read a and... quick quote here from the article, um, and then Wardy, you can get to your point. Um, you know, Corey goes on to say, "Today was a difficult day coming to this decision to relieve Luca of his duties." After meeting with ownership, we believe this was a necessary move for this hockey club. We have extremely high expectations for this group and this group we have in place, and we want to provide them with every opportunity to be successful. Absolutely, and quite frankly, quite frankly, it's a move to where Kingston has to have a good year this year. I mean, to be honest, the last couple of years, you watch a game there, you see a lot of empty seats. Um, they have to get better, and the best way to get better is by winning. And when you win, you put people in seats, and that's a situation there where I guess you just gotta you have to make a move, almost a financial point as well. You have to make a turn. You have to show the interest of the fans as well at some point because they're the ones that are bringing in the money for you and they're making you profit. And you can see that sometimes um, when you watch them play. You don't you see an empty arena a lot of the times right now in Kingston as well. So that's one to me where maybe you make the move as well just because you got to save the you got to save the team this year i mean you got to get the fans back out you got to get the interest in the community yeah it's such a nice arena the leon center haven't been there but it looks phenomenal from all the photos and video I've yeah seen. so um one more i got here wardy is the rosters being announced for the u17 hockey challenge um you know lots lots and lots of talent um being represented for team Canada at the, uh, at the U 17 hockey challenge, um, you know, in terms of goaltenders, um, Isaac Ravel from the Oshawa generals, although playing in Port Colburn, um, kind of both, you could say, um, he'll go as a goaltender, um, you know, just, just, just load that that's team Canada red, I should say, um, Jack Ivankovic of the, of the Mississauga steelheads going, not a shocker, by any means there for team white. Um, yeah, just, just another tournament throughout the season where unfortunately for certain, certain teams, they, they lose some of their good young talent who may be having a very good start to their season, but um, you know, another opportunity for these young men to make themselves well-known in the hockey Canada community as they, you know, they strive for the NHL, but there's a lot of, guys who are eight nine ten years old who are currently striving to eventually be a uh, a member of the world junior team 100 100 and 17 
Yeah, 17 players going to the yeah. showcase. Um, and it's always a good feeding showcase, right? It allows guys to get momentum coming back. Um, they just get their feet wet in the Ontario Hockey League and they're gone playing with guys their age, which is kind of interesting to me. Um, there's always been talks about that. And I mean, a lot of players come in, they make such a big impact, right? Mm-hmm. Right away. I mean, we saw firsthand last year with the Bulldogs, Merrick Vanacker being gone for a little bit. Um, there's a little bit of a hole there in the lineup, I mean, for what he brings to the game. Um, but yeah, it's exciting to see what'll happen. And um I'm excited to see how these guys can do. It's always cool to see these guys get a lot of points. Yeah. And then when they come back, they get that boost of confidence, which is massive in their game. Because some guys, some players that go to the some players that go to the showcase, they're not having the bestest of years um currently in the Ontario Hockey League. And I mean in the short minutes, right? You go from playing all the time in the OHL to being healthy scratch for um two out of three games. So it's a it's a learning process. It's tough. It's a hard reality check when you come. I mean and we had great talks with Jay McKee. I mean, being with the Bulldogs recently, we have great talks with Jay McKee. Um, and Jay's just such a smart guy. When you talk to Jay, you learn a lot. And um, Jay, and when I was talking to Jay McKee on Friday night, he had a really cool quote about this. And I know a lot of Bulldogs, but I just want to mention this quote because um, this involves every team. Every team goes through this. And he was saying it's honestly the hardest jump is to go to the Ontario Hockey League, is to go to Major Junior in general. It's the hardest jump out of the three, to the OHL, the AHL, the OHL, the AHL, the AHL, the NHL. This is the hardest jump to go from your minor midget team to the Ontario Hockey League. It's a hard jump. It is very tough. And I'm glad he brought that up because these guys go from playing, like Saturday, for instance, you look at that Toronto Junior Canadians team last year, mm-hmm. um, how loaded they were. That win the inter that win the OHL Cup. Nico Adi was a big part of that team. He's a healthy scratch in Owen Sound on Saturday night. It's just, it's just really, it's very interesting to see. Like it's just a reality check. I mean, he's a great player, but it's nice to see that opportunity, right? When guys get the opportunity to go here and get points up, they get their confidence up, and boom, you get your confidence up. Now, all of a sudden, then you start to play, you start to perform, and you really start to get that confidence, and now you're turning into an everyday OHL player. So that's something to me that I'm very excited to see some of these guys come back. And that's honestly the best part of the tournament, in my opinion. When guys that aren't playing a lot right now on their teams, they get the opportunity to go play there, and then they come back, and they start to see their minutes go up. I'm excited for that one. Um, that's probably my favorite part about that tournament. And also, you get to wear the, you get to wear the hockey Canada shirt, which you've been dreaming of. It doesn't matter when you wear it. It's always special. So that's kind of cool to be able to wear the jersey. Um, yeah yeah sure. and i mean i mean we're looking at the number one and two overall picks from this last year um you know with with matthew schaefer ryan robrick going to to the tournament brady martin included on that list as well uh so a lot of talent uh, uh headed what was it out east um for uh yeah in charlottetown and summerside pei so that should be that should be a fun tournament colin what do you got for for headlines from the week Big news that could happen this week in the Ontario Hockey League. Dale Hunter one went away from all alone for second amongst OHL coaches um, in win. So uh, we'll see if he gets it. I mean, he missed time due to a scope in his knee. He returned to the be- behind the London Knights bench last Wednesday evening against the Brantford Bulldogs. Um, but uh, one of the best. One of the best all time for sure. And uh, it also would be cool to have an OHL Hall of Fame because he would definitely yeah. be him, him, Brian Kilray. Um those guys would be up at the top of the list for the coaches. And uh, 
I think that'd be one thing too. I mean, the Hockey Hall of Fame, I get it, but there's got to be more OHL slash CHL content in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Yeah. That'd be incredible. So uh, maybe that could be an effect. Well, I or think commissioner. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, that's a good one actually. Um, because I mean, in Owen Sound, we saw it, the Sports Hall of Fame up there at the that's at the incredible. Bay Shore. Like I, I could. I love of, the Bay Shore. I can man. think of a couple <laughs> more rinks that have, you know, the City Hall of Fames as part of their arena. Um, like on display, St. Catharines, Peterborough. Yeah. Like Peterborough's incredible. Oh, and I sound. I like what man. they do with the captain's wall as well. They got the hall of fame one side and they got the captain's wall on the other. Um, yeah. that that's pretty, that's pretty cool. So yeah, I highly suggest a Bay shore trip for anyone yes, that hasn't been big time go. for fries. Go. Even if it's, <laughs> even if there's no team Honestly, the game. remote interest in the game is fast at that barn. It's loud and the it's noticeable. Really good. The game is noticeable how much faster it is there. Yeah. You notice it. You're right. Um, there. You notice it. For, yeah. You You're notice right it for sure. It's a great, great spot to watch a game. Yeah. Great spot to watch a game as well. We have great standing options. Um, it's a, it's a blast. Uh, Bayshore, I highly suggest um, OHL fans that can make the trip there, do it. Um, it's an incredible spot yep. and uh, incredible. Yeah. Um, but my next uh, topic was Delbor Dvorsky coming over to Sudbury. The rich get richer. You could say with this move, um, wasn't playing a lot in the SHL. Um, gets the opportunity to come over here, uh, played ten games I think in Europe and no points. Tenth overall pick by the St. Louis Blues. Um, gets the opportunity now to come over to North America and of course the Sudbury Wolves own his rights. Great move for Sudbury. Um, Goyette, Musty, Dvorsky are going to score a lot of goals this year. Um, if they tend to, they, I know the game one, they had them together and they scored a lot. Then they had the suspension drop to Dvorsky, which I, I mean, you have to mention it, but which is kind of, it's not comical, but at the same time, I mean, what are the chances? And now you look for your uh, Sudbury with the, with the imports and what they have there. I wouldn't be surprised to see a move coming uh, in the near future outside of Sudbury. I mean, in general, in the Ontario hockey league, you can see a move coming. Yeah. Um, Teams got to make move. Now we have coaching changes. Now, now you're almost in the now you're almost in the timing to where moves start to happen, where trades start to happen, where teams want to save their season. Oftentimes, you see a lot of overpaying because you see these moves, right? And you want to save your season, so yeah, we'll give up that two or three extra picks um, just to save our season and to create the buzz around the community. So. That's an interesting one. So be on alert for that. You may see a couple moves here fall through. Um, not giving a timeline, but you may see a couple moves uh, fall through because uh, it's that time of the year where teams want to save their seasons and uh, teams want to get better. So, yeah. and with Sudbury, what they have, they definitely could make a move. And uh, there's other teams that would for sure be calling about them. And uh, yeah, Big I think time. that is all I had. That uh, yeah, I think that's all I have for the thoughts of the week. Um, a couple of games though. I mean, or I guess teams. I thought, uh, you know what team I thought had a really good weekend. I know they came up short because they ran into a buzzsaw in Mississauga. I thought Kitchener. I mean, Ryerson Leaners made the save of the year in that game, by the way, against Kitchener Rangers yes. uh, in uh, in Mississauga on Saturday. Oh my, going from his block right to left, blocker side to glove side, um, back door one timer, uh, getting the glove on it, absolutely flexed. Um, the goalie flex, uh. He was sprawled out in every like an elastic band to make that glove safe, and um, he did it. But uh, what a player, what a goalie! And I mean, Ryerson Leaners is going to our point. Um, if he keeps us going, I mean, two weeks from now, 
two weeks from now, we're in invite season for the World Juniors, upcoming World Juniors. I mean, he for sure gets an invite if he keeps playing like this because there's nobody in the OHL that's better than him right now. And obviously, we see the politics. We see the politics with Hockey Canada a lot, but that's one of those. If you're going by the best right now, undeniably, he's the best um, right now in the Ontario Hockey League, in my opinion. So, Ryerson Leaner's had another great weekend, I thought. Um, Kitchener, I think, looks really good now getting Massar back. I think they get better. Um, Kitchener looks dangerous. Another cool story was Sunday night's game in Oshawa. Jacob Oster playing Guelph gets a 2-0 shutout. Bounce back game. He struggled. He struggled on Friday night against the Brantford Bulldogs. But Jacob Oster bouncing back. I mean, Jacob Oster, it's weird. You see potential of Jacob Oster. You see flashes of very, very, like, brilliance. You see him really good. And then you see Friday night. Because it's interesting, like, going back to the home, going back to the Brantford Bulldogs home opener when we saw him there, very good in the first period, second period wasn't. He's a guy, though, man, when he figures it out, he's near the best in the Ontario Hockey League. And Oshawa's got a good one there. If he's consistent, um, they have one of the best in the league there. You see his potential. And, uh, yeah, he looks really good. And I... I was just pumped to see that as a goalie. I was always excited about that. Like when you always, I never got to play against a former team or anything like that. But when you, when you have the opportunity to play a team, that's your former team and you have a chance to, and when you shut them out, that, that feels good. You know, mm-hmm. that feels really good. I don't think there's a better feeling than that. I, I'm sure if we talked to Jacob Oster right now on the show, he would say that's the best feeling he's had in multiple years of hockey. Other than winning a championship, that's gotta be one of the best feelings in the world um, as a goalie after getting dealt last year and then shutting that team out not even a year later. That's pretty cool. So I just want to shout that one out on the show. Um, Jacob Oster and the Oshawa Generals getting a massive 2-0 win over the Gulf Storm on Sunday night. That was a big win for the Generals. They needed that one. Yeah, and like you said, after the game against the Bulldogs, it just not not only for for Oster, but the, the whole team itself, they got two wins following that loss to the Bulldogs. They finished their weekend on a high. Um, you know, got to the double digit mark in points, even their record at 500, five and five. Um, yeah, man, really, if you think about it, um, Richie, not even being back yet. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's impressive where they are without the firepower of Richie. I mean, you just add him back into the lineup. Um, I'm not saying they're just going to shoot up to the moon, catch Mississauga steelheads. Um, but you'll see, you won't see as many lull, periods of games as you may have seen so far through five losses um you know with their combined with their five wins but um i can definitely tell you the goal differential will be a lot different um currently it's minus nine um 29 goals for 38 goals against and i'm not saying richie's going to solve their defensive um issues to keep more pucks out of the net but more are going to go in um which is a guarantee when you add him back into the lineup so um yeah no i like that point um i also think one thing you got to look at um you know the windsor windsor spitfires i think that was a big win for them against the saginaw spirit um this past weekend again a team that had really been struggling in the spitfires they end up getting their second win of the season ends up being on swifty night like we mentioned last weekend or or (laughs) last week but uh yeah, I think I think for Windsor, you know, not to say Saginaw is a powerhouse team right now because I think they're far from it. And you would agree with me, Wardy. Um, but I think for the Spitfires, in terms of moving ahead and trying to get back into, you know, playing consistently good hockey, I think that's a that's a nice win for them against the Spirit um, to help boost the confidence of a lot of the young guys that they have on their on their hockey club. So, you no, know, I think that I was big. 
Um, Owen Sound, definitely a tough weekend for them. Uh, they go nothing in three. Um, playing a three in three, they're in Kitchener Friday, home to Brantford Saturday, home to Kingston Sunday. Um, unable to come up with a win in any of those games. So tough weekend for them. I, they'll be okay, I think. They're still obviously trying to get figured yeah. out following a uh, a coaching change. So they'll figure it out eventually. The talent's there. Um, but I think it's just, just a tough weekend that they that they have to learn from and get past. 100%. I mean, those are going to happen. Um, they're not the only team in that division. I mean, Kitchener's going to have weekends where they're going to go 0-2. Possibly 0-3 as well. Um, there's ups and downs. Uh, London had a tough weekend this weekend. London going 0-2, losing to Erie and Saginaw. Um, Saginaw is not exactly lighting the world on fire right now. Yeah. And um, Erie, is, Erie isn't really as well. So that's one too. London had a tough weekend as well. If London didn't play so well on we- last Wednesday, I mean, they're 0-3. So it happens, but and it's not going to be the last one. Teams are going to have ups and downs. It's early on in the year yet. Teams aren't established. No one's sound is definitely not an established hockey game. They had a coach, they just had a coaching change. Um, and there's the negatives of it. And we talked about this on last week's show, where we talked about when they have this coaching change, now that they only have two guys on the bench, um, it's tough to get that message through. We talked about it. I know I mentioned it last week about who's gonna send that message, who's gonna relay the message. Um, and you see the ups and downs in games so far, and that's just gonna happen as they transition here into a new system and what structure they want to play with. So that's going to be there, but they definitely have the talent. And Owen Sound's one of those teams that can win games just on talent. You can't win, pl- you can't win playoff series just on talent. You got to have a good structure, but you, you can definitely win games in the regular season um, with talent. So, and that'll change throughout the playoffs, I would imagine. Yeah. That's a long ways away. Absolutely. Um, all right. Let, let's, let's actually take one more break, Wardy, here. Um, and then we'll come back and, and look ahead to, to the week upcoming weekend upcoming. Um, and that includes our look at this past week's or this week's power rankings, which we have both our opinions on. Um, and we will share that with you next here on the OHL in 60 podcast. Welcome back to the OHL in 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. Final segment of the show. First look ahead to a few games that we will be very interested in, not only this week, but this upcoming weekend. Um, one thing uh, or one game that uh, I think I'm I'm looking forward to, the 27th, Ottawa 67s make their only trip to Budweiser Gardens, um, Ottawa against London. Uh, on the 27th, 7 p.m. start at uh, at Bud Gardens. Um, Kingston, I'm interested to see how they respond following a coaching change. Um, saw how Owen Sound did. Wasn't very good, but they'll be fine. Um, Kingston, they get Oshawa on home ice on the 27th to kick off, uh, kick off their week. Um, they will then go to Mississauga on the 28th, which is... Not a fun trip early on this year, so I'm excited to see what they're going to look like within the, with a well, coach yet to be named or could be named by the time you're listening to this, um, which uh, which will be interesting to see. And then one one final one um, is again in the Western Conference. Kitchener goes to Owen Sound on the 28th. I think that'll be a good matchup for for people to keep their eyes on. 
Yeah, absolutely. That's going to be a good matchup for sure. And I mean, obviously, the Ottawa going on the three and three Western Conference trip, Windsor Thursday night, London Friday, and Guelph on Sunday afternoon. That's a tough trip, but it's nice to have that day off in between the London and uh, Guelph game. So you get a little bit of an opportunity there. But yeah, definitely Friday night, London, Ottawa. That's a game you automatically circle. I'm excited to see Sudbury Guelph on Friday night as well. That'll be a good game. And then you have a Sudbury North Bay game on Saturday, which is going to be a high-scoring one. Yep. Um, and there's one more here that really caught my eye. Oh, Saginaw and Sarnia on Saturday night. To me, that's going to be a good game. Saginaw's played, or Sarnia's played pretty good. Um, they've been back and forth, right? They've been battling with the 500 mark. Um, they've played a little bit better than what people have thought since the Gojo trade. So... I think that's going to be a matchup. I think Sarnia has got to play better. Sarnia having a massive win against London Knights. You can't drop the ball. You got momentum after beating a team like London. You get you get momentum. You got to win. You have to have a big weekend this weekend if you're the Saginaw Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, no and buts ifs about it. You have to have a big weekend. So any any game with the Saginaw Spirit, I'm watching this week because I want to know about it. I'm following that game because I want to know how they're doing this week because that's a team. Hey, when you beat a team like London. You have to carry momentum. You can't drop the next games. You got to play good. So yeah. I'm excited to see what can happen there. But most definitely any game with Saginaw, Saginaw Sarnia game especially. Um, Windsor-Niagara is an opportunity there for Niagara to steal one. Yeah. Um, Niagara's been good this year. Um, Niagara has battled this year. Niagara has been good. Um, and anyone that says otherwise, I mean, the team's improved so much right now. Throughout a month, I mean – I guess last year at this time is when the season started to all fall down to shambles. So we'll see what happens, but Niagara's looked great so far. I mean, they compete Niagara this year. You get up on them on, you get up two goals on them. You're not thinking, okay, we can cruise into victory anymore. Um, That's a team where they can come back. They got some bite in their game. They're good in the third period this year. Um, They've been great in the third. So that's a team to me where I think look out for them. And they're definitely not the same old Niagara ice touch that you think they were in the past for those who may not be following them that closely this year. And that's a game to watch to do as well on Saturday night in Windsor to see how they can do on the road in Windsor. Yeah. And it's amazing to see what, what you get out of Ryan Kuabara when he starts the year as the coach. He's a great coach. Um, He's a great coach. <laughs> you know, instead of coming halfway through, which obviously that's a learning curve for the ice dogs front office. Yeah. Um, yeah. Front office last year's hires before, before Ryan Kuabara, but, um, you can really see the difference, especially defensively. I mean, still have t- tough time scoring. Um, I would say for an av for an OHL team, the average amount of times they go offside, I'd say the Ice Dogs are way above the average because you still see quite a bit where you'll see maybe not necessarily out of sync, but a decision that wasn't made or was made a split second too late that just carries them offside. You're still seeing that the, the miss moves, the late decisions, Mm -hmm. but, but they're definitely a lot better defensively. Um, They actually play behind their own goal line, which is one positive, especially after last year, because they didn't do that last year. Um, And and one thing I liked, I noticed against the Kingston game, and I know this probably a couple weekends back, but, Against the Kingston game, the Frontenacs were not good on the penalty kill. Um, now, that's not to say they gave up a whole lot of power play goals in that game, but they played the box, but nobody moved. It was a box for most of the two minutes when the Ice Dogs had sustained pressure. The Ice Dogs took advantage of that. They went the bumper along the side, down low, front of the net, so the, the guy slide. in the slot, right, right in the middle. 
They went they went yeah. sidewall, down low, middle, shot. The one time shot. Flank half wall Flank. bumper. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Like nice. They, yeah. That, like Kingston didn't adjust. So Niagara didn't change their moves. Like it was it was they played it perfectly. I would say and this isn't an accurate number, but I would say probably they were 80% perfect when they ran that play because Kingston yeah, just gave it to them and they realized that they that was their best option to score. Yeah, I find the box gives up way too much space nowadays. I mean, I like the – I'm surprised they never went diamond. Um, majority of the teams are, have evolved. I mean, the box has been out for about a few years now. You really haven't saw much, but that's surprising. Which could also be behind no the change. Yeah, yeah, you would think that would be different for a young coach, but yeah, there's a different it's an interesting one for me for sure, but um yeah, there's a lot of improvements to be made in Kingston. I'm excited to see where Niagara's gone to be honest, and it's nice to see Kuabara get the opportunity there. And it's nice to see management Niagara not have their hands all over Kuabara, kind of let them be a little bit. Um and I think that's just listening to Kuabara's guidance. He's been there longer than the front office has been there in Niagara. Yeah. Let's be honest, if you let's be honest, if you're talking about leadership, in that front office. I mean, the ownership and front office have only been there for a year. Um, Kuabara has been around. He's been in multiple different leagues. He's coached in the entire hockey league before. He knows a thing or two because he's seen a thing or two. Yeah. Um, so that's one of those things where it's nice where his guidance is there to kind of like, okay, like you don't have to be overly aggressive here, right? You can kind of, uh, he's got the rope. He's got it. He's got the reins here. So it's nice to see where they kind of are. Um, Niagara and they're trending in the right in the right direction for sure. It'll be interesting to see where they rank on the lower rankings this week. Um but it'll definitely be an interesting one. Yeah, the uh OHL power rankings, they are not included. Um once again. Um they are one of four who are not in the top sixteen, of course. Sixteen plus four is twenty. Good one, Reese. Um Niagara, Erie, um, Windsor being three out of the four. Why am I blanking on the fourth one? I'm looking at all the logos right now. Here, Niagara, Erie, Kingston. That's the one I was missing. There we go. Uh, <laughs> Niagara, Erie, Kingston, Windsor. Um, not part of the top 16. Um, number 16 is the Flint Firebirds. They're up one spot out of uh, not being ranked last week. Uh, Bulldogs up one spot as well. They're number 15. Peterborough Pete's down a spot. They're 14. That was an odd one. Um, Oshawa Generals up one to number 13. Barry Colts down three to number 12. Owen Sound down four to number 11. Uh, Sarnia Stinger up two spots. They go to 10. Kitchener up two. They go to nine. Sue up two. They go to eight. Sudbury up one. They go to seven. Guelph Storm stay the same. The only team to actually stay the same. Uh, this week they're at six. London Knights drop. Two spots, they're at number five. Saginaw Spirit up one to number four. North Bay down one to number three. Ottawa also down one spot. They are the number two team. And the Mississauga Steelheads, where they belong, they are number one. They were up three spots this past week. That is the OHL Power Rankings uh, on the OHL website. You read the full article there. Um, now it's time for our power rankings because they are sometimes different or most of the time different. Actually, that's more accurate. Yeah. Uh, um, and let's start with the bottom again, Wardy. Um, and I think we went reverse order from 20 last week, I believe. So we'll go there again. Um, Colin Ward, you have the floor. 20th. I mean, they had a big win, but I gotta go Windsor. 
Um, the, honestly, the bottom teams had a big week. They've kind of had a big week. So I got to go. I have to go wins here in the uh, in 20. But it's very close this week. This week's the closest. Yeah. Yeah, for uh, uh I, I'm with you on Windsor there. They're still my 20 team as well. Um, two and seven, and I know they're they've matched with the ice dogs and win totals, but the ice dogs have found a way to get to overtime and get three extra points. Um, so for the Spitfires, I think it's just continuing to work towards playing 60 good 60 minutes of hockey. Um, and they I I thought they did against the spirit um in the in that victory, but they're still number 20 for me as well. Number percent on the list. Wardy, you forgot what the unmute button was. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> I had to cough. I had to cough. And like, so I pressed the mute and then I was talking. And I was like, oh, wait a second. Then it came up because I, I I recently got a microphone. Um, so I plugged the mic in. So every time I go to talk with it muted, it comes up as you're muted. So that's actually hilarious. I kind of kept talking for another second and realized I was muted because like I wasn't really paying attention. I was just talking. But yeah, uh, my 19th team's Flint. Um, I like Flint's strides, but like I said, these four teams that are in here are very close to being out of the bubble, but Flint to me is uh, 19. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, They're just, they're they're not there. They, they've, you know, I thought they had a decent weekend, but not, not really good enough to move them up too high. So they're number 19 as well for me. Absolutely. Um, 18 for me is the Erie Otters. Um, close at a massive win, massive win against um London on Friday. And like I said, to be honest, it's not even worth doing the low rankings this weekend because the bottom five slash six teams had pretty good weekends. They all had big wins. It's kind of hard to have these four teams out, and yeah. it sucks to do because really, like, Windsor. Massive win against Saginaw on Swifty night. Um, Flint, Flint's getting better. Erie, massive win in London at the Bud. Yeah, that's massive. I mean, and then my other team as well. Like, do they have? I mean, it's this is tough. This is a tough one to do. This really is. Yeah, I think we're. I think we're going to be pretty similar, or if not the same, for all bottom five. Um, because yeah, Erie is Erie's eighteen for me as well. Um, it, it's hard to overlook the, the win against London. Um, but then again, they, they fall back following a big win against Niagara where for both teams, that's a winnable game. Um, but, but I think for Erie, you lose that one that, that drops you a spot or two. Um, especially because you built up so much energy and momentum from a win in London, um, that you just, you come home and you're just hungry. And I mean, they, they, they saw a good Sarnia team, um, the the night before but um so they they ultimately lost two in a row to finish off the weekend but um yeah they're they're 18 for me as well they're still they're still bottom three yeah i agree with you 100 on that one as well um 17 and i don't even want to say 17 because it's not even fair like and i'm not even being exact i'm not even exaggerating this they're not the 17th team in the Ontario Hockey League right now. They're really not, but Niagara. I know it sucks. Like, I don't want to do it, but when you look at the teams that were in front of them that had big weekends, it's, you know, like, yeah. but 
it's a tough one, right? Someone's got to be in it, but they're definitely not the 17th ranked team, Niagara. Um, and I was just going to put it that way. And I wouldn't be, and this is a short term stay. I would say if things keep trending the way they are this week, um, I would suggest they go up. So, yeah, on I, Niagara. yeah, I'm with you at 17 on Niagara. Um, part of me was thinking like, Hmm, Saginaw lost to Windsor. You know, you think, yeah. about, <laughs> you think about that potentially, but then they come up with a big win to end the weekend um if they so would have lost that, a lot then absolutely of, yeah yeah if they did for sure oh yeah, oh, yeah. uh um, i put them below because, Erie because then they're there are they would be below erie technically points wise they would be a yeah. point behind the erie otters um yeah. but that's a nice redemption against uh against london um yeah niagara's not a 17 seed in my opinion i just think that the teams that were close to them that they could be above um had decent weekends um one of those teams being brantford um after a very tough weekend last weekend. Um, and then you start the week five, one against uh five, one loss to the Knights um, redeem themselves two game win streak now uh, against Oshawa against Owen sound. So they, they stay in the top 16, but uh, Niagara, like you said, they're close. Like if, if it keeps trending this way and they're going to, um, they're going to have a, I believe it's a three and three this weekend. Um, a tough three and three, I should say. Um, which starts with Peterborough Friday night at home. Um, so it, yeah, if it if it keeps trending this way for the Ice Dogs, keeps trending up, yeah, they're not going to be out of the out of the um, top sixteen for very long. Yeah, they go they go home to Peterborough Friday, um, in Windsor Saturday, and then in Sarnia Sunday. So you know yeah. you you can look at that and think Windsor the way they've been playing Niagara gets a win there. Um, and then even Sarnia, some redemption, they'll be done with this thing after next weekend, um, as they yeah. hosted them on this past Friday, but yeah, things are looking up, which is nice. Um, but yeah, they're still, they're still number 17 for me. Um, and then finally to round out the bottom five, Colin, who is team number 16 for you? Four teams that don't make it. I don't have a 16. We did bottom five last week, didn't we? No, four. Um, we probably did. I thought we did bottom five. Last week I had Windsor, Flint, Branford, and Erie. Because there's four teams that don't make it, two in each. I, I could have swore we did bottom five. Anyways, no big deal. Um, so let's go Let's go top five now here, Wardy. Um, and we'll start with number five. Five, I have the Sudbury Wolves. Um, I think Sudbury's a wagon. I think they're a dangerous team. I had them <laughs> winning their uh, division winning the East, but right now, I mean, obviously there's a lot of hockey to go and Sudbury on paper looks really good up front. Um, but yeah, Sudbury's five to me right now. I think they're, a, I think they're a juggernaut. I think they're a really good team. Yeah. Um, they just slip out of my five. Um, I still think the number five team in the, in the Ontario hockey league, the London Knights got to stay in the top five, in my opinion. Um, a tough weekend. That's for sure. Um, losing two to to, you know, th- this past weekend, two in a row. Um, obviously not not favorable after a nice win in Brantford, but um, there there's still five for me. There's still a lot to like about this night's team. Um, I'm waiting for a move, which will absolutely happen before the trade deadline for them. But um, oh, they're, they're gonna load up. They they've still got the talent to be in the top five. They're number five for me this week. Yeah, Wednesday, um, Wednesday night it was fun when they were in Brantford. I had an interesting talk. 
because London, I mean, growing up around London, you get to know a lot of people from the Knights organization, and that's a team that's going to load up. Uh, for sure, they're uh, their eggs are all in the head right now. Um, they're ready to go, and uh, yeah, that's a team that's going to load up. They're they're going to be good. Um, to my fourth team, I have London for. I think London. I mean, one bad weekend, one bad weekend that they can make up this week and have a really good weekend and be back yeah. in the in the top two. Um, I think London. I mean, that team. I mean, they're loaded. I don't know how Altonen. It. I think that's how you say his name. Uh, the pronunciations I've been messed up with the finish this year. I've been terrible, but um, Alton, I mean, he's too good to be in the OHL. Hit that shot is ridiculous. Um, how he's not in the American Hockey League is wild. Uh, San Jose did not uh, keep him in the A. Um, get a little get your entry level deal too, right? Maybe that's yeah. what it is too. But um, on San Jose's end, but man, he can shoot the puck. I don't think I saw a shot like that in a long time. Um, that pocket, that's a rocket. Um, it the puck just explodes off his stick. Um, he can just he just shows up to the rink and already has five shots on goal, probably a point for sure. Um, that's that's incredible, and I mean he's gonna score a lot of goals. That's a guy that's gonna score fifty this year with a shot like that for sure. And um, his shot will translate to the next level as well as he rounds out. But London's my fourteen. Uh, number four for me, I'm going the Pete. Um, you know two. Two game point streak for them. Um, goal differential still continues to be in the positive. Um, you know, I thought their PK has been really good to start the season, and I mean, over eighty percent—that's the goal. Um, but I think for them, you know, getting Owen Beck back is big. Um, they've really—I don't want to say they've leaned on him heavily, but um, you know, you have that expectation for Beck where he's going to be in the top three scoring wise on your team. I think that's fair to say to have that expectation for him. Yeah. Once he um, and, and just, I, I like the the way the Pete's are built. Um, I think Stushka has, has just jumped into that number one spot and done a really nice job with that adjustment um, after being behind Simpson. So, you know, coming into that number one spot, I've liked his game. So I, I like the Peterborough Pete's for number four this week. Yeah. I think Peterborough has been really good as well. Um, I'm going to go Peterborough three. Uh, I think Peterborough's a great team. I think they've played really well. I think they've played better than what expectations were. Uh, they've been great. Nine games played, right? They have a game. They have games in hand on everybody, basically that's ahead of them. And that's just a well-rounded team right now. They're well coached. Um, getting back back was huge. Remember last year at the trade deadline? Oh, there's not a chance. That's a great move by Mississauga. You imagine Mississauga yeah. still had back? Yeah. Holy crap! But um, that's a team there that's uh. They're kind of a force. I mean, I like their defense. That's the one thing about Peterborough, where I think if they keep the group together at the deadline, um, I think with Peterborough, that defense core is huge. I noticed them in both games against Brantford this year. Um, their defense core is just big. They get they clear space quickly and they're physical. Um, I've always been a fan of Maya McCoy, their captain. I mean, he's just McCoy is probably one of the best defensive defensemen in the Ontario Hockey League. So that to me, I just like watching that team play. They have guys that have set, accepted their roles on the back end, and they're not going to be out of position. Yeah. So I'm excited to see where they can go and hopefully keep this run going for the Peterborough Peets and their fans. I'm interested to know who's not in your top five out of these teams. Um, yeah, not number. You'll, you'll get my next two. <laughs> uh, number number three for me. This was a toss up. 
Um, number one, I think is obvious for both of us. Um, but it was, it was really the battle between number two, number three for me, um, this week. Uh, so for, it's, it's really tough to choose. Kitchener's number three for me. Um, the seven and three to start the year. Um, you know, they've scored 51 goals already this season that leads the Ontario hockey league. Um, so you can tell they have no problems putting the puck in the net power play percentage is up over 23%. Um, you know, they lead the Midwest division by one point. I, I, there's been little to no flaws in their game and I'm sure the coaching staff will be like, okay, whoa, whoa, we got a lot to work on still, but, um, you know, compared to last season at this time where you're thinking, what the heck are we doing? What is going on to now where you get a boost with Meshar coming back um, from, from Laval that just adds to the Rangers. But for now they're three, um, but I think they're going to be part of our top five for, I don't want to say most of the season, but I would say a lot of the season. I would, I would say if it, yeah, they if, keep this going for sure. Yeah. So they're yeah, three they keep for this me. going. Yeah, two for me is the Kitchener Rangers. Um, I I really like Kitchener's roster right now. Kitchener, um, I think Kitchener right now is harder to play against than a lot of teams in the league. Um, they're big and they're physical. They take up a lot of space and they're effective. They're really good defensive, as you expected with a European head coach coming over. Um, you expected them to be really good defensively, but uh, they've just improved a lot and um, good trade getting Tristan Malbuff as well from the Brantford Bulldogs. Um, a lot yeah. of Parsons have been on so far this year. And I mean, that that's big, right? When you have two goalies that play well at their times when they're given the nod, that's huge. So Kitchener's two for me. Number two for me is the Sioux Greyhounds. Um, their, their power play is, is so dominant right now. Um, operating it's just under 32%. The penalty kill is in the high eighties. Um, there's a lot to like about this team. Um, Jack Beck is still one of the, it's looking like the smartest acquisition you could say um, to, for right now. Um, and the most effective to this point. Now I'm sure that'll change. Um, but, but for the time being, the Sioux Greyhounds are a really good hockey club tied for first in the West. Um you know, with the Kitchener Rangers leading their division over the sting by by a couple of points. They're a good team, up and down. Um, I, I like a lot of what Sue brings to the table. Yeah, absolutely. Sue's a good team. Um, they're my sixth spot right now for myself. I just think they give up way too many goals. Uh, and that's why it came down for me with Sudbury and Sue in the sixth spot. Um and I just think right now in a head-to-head, I'd take Sudbury. But I was with Sudbury since the start of the year, so that's a little yeah. biased here. But um, my uh, number one seed is Mississauga. Um, unanimous. I think anyone yeah, yeah, doesn't yeah. pick Mississauga. I mean. You've been drinking. Yeah, Mississauga. Yeah, Mississauga. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah. Mississauga. That's, man, that's all you need to say. Like, they've yeah, only given like, up been great. goals this year. Now, which is, which is wild because it's the third best in the East. Um, Sudbury's given up the least. Yeah, Sudbury's given up the next least amount. Um, and then it's Mississauga. You go 26, 27, 28. So I mean, it's not really a large margin. Um, but they're yeah, it's it's not even close. Um, yeah, yeah, Mississauga's number one, and that's uh, that's pretty fair to say. So that does it 
for the show. Um, as mentioned off the top to all the listeners, we're talking about 5,000 on SoundCloud, 10,000 on Linktree. Um, just want to give a shout out to the fans uh, because that was big for us to see those numbers come back. And we're really excited that um, we've been able to grow it so far over the last coming up to four years, Wardy in December um, coming up to four years of the show. Um, it, it's been a fun ride, been part of a championship run with the, with the Bulldogs in 2022. Um, you know, thought we did phenomenal throughout COVID, even though there was nothing to talk about, but we found stuff to talk about. Found people to talk to. <laughs> um, yeah, Muskegon Lumberjacks. Hey, flaunt true. the flannel. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I forgot about flannel. that. Um, yeah, I saw it the other day. Muskegon had a, uh, documentary. Like a behind the scenes thing on their uh, YouTube, and I saw it the other day. And like, remember the buzz saw that they started as like their oh, yeah. like their intro. <laughs> I heard that, I just immediately chuckled. It was <laughs> awesome. I just remember that every single time. Flaunt the flan. Always go through the game sheets and stuff. Uh, only because like they had OHL guys there, and that was why Daniel Gushin yeah. was their top scorer. Yep. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was it was wild, but it's 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 awesome to see uh where we've kind of come, um, through the last four years. So, um, again, shout out to everybody for listening. We really appreciate it. Um, really enjoyed the show. I thought we had a lot of good discussions. Um, yes, which kind of led us to, yeah, which uh, kind of led us to think of some off season segments, which which was good. So. Everyone appreciate you tuning in. Um, always, always enjoy enjoy doing this, covering the league. Um, hope you all enjoyed this episode, and we will chat again in seven days.